Welcome to another episode of For Such a Time as This, where we're seeking to help women display the beauty of the gospel. I'm your host, Janelle Pierce, along with Emma Taylor. How are you, Em? Good, thanks, Janelle. How are you? Very good, thank you. And tonight we have a very special guest. Very special. Special. Oh, well, he's introduced himself already. I feel special. Dave Taylor, welcome. Hello. I feel so special. I feel like this is an upgrade from the podcast that I'm usually involved in. Oh, definitely. Without yeah. doubt. Welcome to <laughs> drinking tea and eating chocolate. Yeah. So, I mean, um, we don't even have snacks in ours. We don't, I don't even get off to drink when I'm with Riley. Well, this is special. Yeah, well, you can join us more often right. if you'd yeah. like. Do you guys have a jingle at the start of this, this thing? Uh, would you like to give us one? La, da, da, ba, da, ba. That's quite nice, but it's been taken. You don't find your own one. <laughs> we're, we're happy for you to keep that one. Okay, yeah, that's right. We'll keep ours. <laughs> you got your it's own. okay. Okay, good. Yep. Good. Thank good you. To be here. Now, tonight we're going to discuss a topic that um, can often be looked down upon. We can often be extremely apologetic um, for this topic. But by the end of the tonight, we want all of us to be celebrating this topic and to be thanking God for his perfect design. Mm. So, but before we launch into our topic, Dave, I thought we'd start off with a fun one tonight. Oh, oh dear. When you're at home, mm-hmm. what is one of your least favorite chores? <laughs> well, I have you can't say everything. Least favorites, <laughs> yeah. Uh, least favorite would, would probably be cooking. Okay. I'm really not a very good cook oh, at that's all. You, that's the one thing. I remember saying to you yes. one time, if there's one thing I could change about you, and you're yes. like, oh no, what is it? And I'm like, that you could cook. And you're yeah. like, oh. I think we were watching MasterChef, and she's like, why can't you be more like oh, this? I like, would, yeah. I don't like cooking like, either, no. so if you could cook, that The Lord has left all gifting out when it comes to cooking. <laughs> Okay. So I think he's left. If I have to do more than one thing, it's all right. Train, train your children in the way they should go. Yeah, oh, we could cook. We can't cook. Our We do train them in the way they should go. We show them around Maccas and Dominoes and yeah. <laughs> yes. The other day, our, um, our children were actually talking about you, and they said, <laughs> "We don't think Uncle Dave knows that McDonald's is sometimes food." <laughs> we're like, <laughs> "No, he doesn't." Uncle no. Dave doesn't definitely doesn't no, know. Uncle Dave has not figured this out. I think he's had to find some. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sometimes, sometimes per day, sometimes like per week. Well, as funny as that is, I think sometimes tonight's topic can be reduced to that. It can be reduced yeah. to what somebody does in the home, yep. whether they cook, whether they yep. clean, whether they do the accounts, whether they mow the lawn. And so, ladies, you're probably yeah. guessing already, but we are talking about complementarianism tonight. and Ooh, The C word. Yes. I didn't Uh-oh. say that, didn't I? <laughs> Um, but it is something to be celebrated and rejoiced in because it it is is God's good design. And so, Dave, thank you for being here tonight and thank you for teaching us and I'm excited to see how God will use tonight. So um, I'm going to hand it straight over to you. And um, so complementarianism, an overview from God's word. Yeah, I, I will give you a brief headline it firstly just to encourage you two ladies i think you're doing a great job in this podcast championing it and champion this stuff for ladies it's so important um, that we do this and you are swimming against the tide Mm. in this stuff big time and for all our sovereign grace ladies if you're going to embrace this stuff Mm. uh, you are swimming against the tide however i do think the tide is is wrong and i think swimming against the tide is actually what god's word actually teaches us and it's not even real complicated um, scripturally that's what is kind of a bit baffling for me complementarianism in, in headline is really a couple of things first of all it's understanding that men and women 
are equal in their value and worth and dignity before the Lord. Mm. So for all of us together, we are all, without doubt, equal. It's clear as day. In Genesis 1, verse 26, <clears throat> we read, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creepy thing that creeps on the earth. It's really beautiful. It's the first time you, you sort of see the Godhead in discussion, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm. And then straight off, they're like, oh, you know what, let's make man after our likeness and let them have dominion. So straight off, you start to see, oh, so to really reflect God, we're going to need man and, and woman. Yeah. It's a really beautiful thing. Mm. So any sense of men being better than women or women being better than men mm. is just it's just ridiculous in light of that verse. It's totally equal in value, worth, and dignity, which is why... Um, you know, correctly understood, verses like this leave no room for racism or classism or chauvinism. It just doesn't make sense. Nor that thing that, oh, I'm second class or I'm second rate. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, clearly biblically defined, men and women are equal in value and worth and dignity. And that's the way God has, has made us before the Lord. the culture would say equal means we do exactly the same. Yes, exactly. And that's Genesis 2. <laughs> so in Genesis 1, you see God making man and woman equal in value, worth and dignity. Him sitting down and being aware that everything he made is good. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. And then in Genesis 2, you realize quite quickly, actually, that although we're equal in value, worth and dignity, man has, has different roles. And so the way men and women operate, if you just read Genesis 2, you realize, oh, th there's two different things um, going on in a very broad brush way you have adam as the male who's given to leadership and headship and then you have eve as the female who's given to helper and that's the way god has designed them to function and again the whole thing was was good and so yeah we certainly live in a society that is going to go absolutely not mm. but we have to sell in that before the fall even happened mm. that's the way god designed it yeah so I think it's John Piper that talks about how um, that our roles were corrupted, not created by yes. the fall. Yes. And it's so good because it was created by the Lord. Yeah. And so it's something beautiful. Yeah. So you think about God being equal in value, worth and dignity as Father, Son and Holy Spirit. They don't all have the same role. Mm -hmm. But our society says, oh, you should all have the same role. But actually they have different roles yeah. in, in the Godhead. And, and I remember, um, you know, thinking through complementarianism, God describes himself as helper in, in yes. different right. yeah. parts of scripture. And so if yeah. he is describing himself uh, in that way, yeah. there's definitely nothing wrong with the term. <laughs> no, the term, the term is not the problem. The, the, the society that we live in is the problem that is reading into the term. Mm. And so I think it would be fair to say, you know, when, you, when we talk about headship and helper now, people often think, you know, domination, subservience, superiority, inferiority, mm. um, misogyny. People mm. think straight away because that's what our culture's trained us to think. They don't know anything different to that. They've no, yeah, that, that's, seen it done well that's really sense. right. Yeah. But I think complementarianism, in a broad brush way, is realizing I am, we are equal as men and women of value, worth, and dignity, but our roles are really different, and that's the way God's designed it. And it's a great thing. It's yes. a great design by the Lord. And and so yeah, when we get to Genesis three, it was corrupted. Yes. So our roles didn't change actually; they just got harder. They got more difficult. So in Genesis 3, 16, you know, God prophesies to the woman. He gives the verdict over the woman. And he says, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bear, bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. 
And so part, the big part of the curse in relationships now is we operate as men and women. You realize, okay, for the lady now, it's going to be girl power heaven. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to try and dominate you. Um, how dare you think that? So I think that there's something in us that instantly thinks that. You're like, yeah, that's called the fall. Mm. And then he shall rule over you. So a guy is naturally going to be quite chauvinistic, potentially, and want to dominate a lady. But more often than not, they can't. So they abdicate. Mm. So you're just like, oh, you know what? It's too hard. So the way I'll rule is by passively doing zip. And you can look after me, like my mum. <laughs> and so you see, oh, this thing has been really messed up. And so our role in Christianity, I think, is to get onto um, the New Testament and realize we have to redeem what was in Genesis 1 and 2. Yes. And through the power of Christ, um, we, can, we can do that. It's a beautiful thing. Complementarianism is a, is a beautiful thing. Mm. And so what does the New Testament have to teach us on complementarianism? Yeah. Well, I think in a real broad brush way, it teaches us exactly the same as Genesis 1, 2, um, and 3, that we're equal in value, worth and dignity but difference in role. Mm. And that plays out in different settings. So I think within the, the marriage relationship, mm-hmm. within the church relationship, and then in a very broad brush way in the world, how we function, we just, we're just different and we're designed to be different and we reflect different parts of the Lord. Um, and within marriage, for example, we actually reflect Christ and the church. Mm. That you reflect the gospel in the way you function. So if you both run into the middle, well, who's Christ and who's the church? We're basically saying, oh, it doesn't matter. So if, so if a lady starts leading and a guy's following, so she's become Christ and you're the church now, so you're the bride of Christ, it, it starts getting really complicated really quickly. So in, in, a, in a marriage role, it's understanding, hey, for Emma and I, equal in value, worth and dignity before the Lord, but just like a soccer team in some ways running out of the pitch, we have real different roles to play here. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to win, we're going to score the goals, we need to carry different roles. And designed by God to do so. Mm. Um, and and I think about this, and I think when you think about Christ and the church, it's such a beautiful picture. Oh, it is. And yeah. yet, when you think about Christ and what he does for the church, it's such a hard picture. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. It is. Yep. And so I think when we come to this topic, why is it important that we actually understand what complementarianism is? Why can't I just think, oh, egalitarian, everything is the same, we can do whatever we want, or let's not think about it at all, and let's not yeah. worry about it, let's yeah. not think about what roles. Why yeah. is actually understanding the roles in which God has designed us to have important? Yeah. I think that in, a, in a broad brush way, it's understanding even in that, even in that question we could say that for like everything in the Bible. So why is following this really important? Why is it important that I get up and read my Bible? Why is it important that I pray? Why is it important that I go to church? I don't want to go to church. What? Why is it? And it's the same. It's understanding God's God's word is God breathed, mm. and is useful for, for for teaching and for reproof and for training in righteousness, so that the man of God or woman of God may be equipped and complete for for maturity in Christ. You're like, this is amazing. This is God's greatest gift outside of His Son. His greatest gift to us is His word. It's, it's there to bring life to us. And so when it comes to complementarianism, what we've got to work out straight off is if the Bible is teaching us that, which it is, it's God's best for us. It's absolutely God's best. The one who created us is then saying, oh, listen, I created you, and this is the way it works. <laughs> this, is the way it's, this is God's gracious path of life for you. So I think one big reason why we want to truly embrace it 
because it's actually God's best. Mm-hmm. It's going to go really well for you if you follow this this route. I think a second reason why you want to embrace it is because I do think in Christianity, um, the gospel's at stake here. Mm. Because actually, what we as soon as you start picking and choosing which bits of the Bible you want and which bits you don't, we're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. And it's not going to be long before generationally the kids start to go, yeah, but you know what? Maybe I don't know. The cross maybe it didn't really happen. Maybe it was like a dream. Maybe it was just an idea. Or mm. um, maybe it was cultural. So you've got that, and then thirdly, you've got the reality that God's glory is at stake. Mm. So if, if part of modeling manhood and womanhood is to reflect the Trinity, mm. then if we don't play our roles, we won't be able to reflect the Trinity. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have a very distorted view of God. Mm. So you think that would be a, a tragedy. Mm. So if men don't model what they're called to by God, and women don't model what they're called to by God, we'll have all have this very distorted image. So yeah. it's a really important one. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think, ladies, it's really helpful tonight. We're talking about principle rather than practice. And so how the practice of this topic looks will look different in complementarianism. I mean, will look different in different contexts. And so, you know, I we were listening to a talk a little while ago and uh, the speaker said, this can still be applicable for women living in China as it can be for women living in Australia um, or for men living in different cultures, different contexts. Um, So we are talking about principle uh, rather than practice. Um, Definitely, yeah. And that's really important. Uh, It's a really, really important issue. I mean, one of the the joys of uh, doing global mission stuff is you do see different cultures. And, uh, yeah, we're real different. But you should be able to say, you know what, clearly, so, so it's really a question, isn't it, different cultures. What does headship and submission look like in your culture? Mm-hmm. Now, if we're going to argue with the Bible and say, oh, we don't do that, now that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But actually what it looks like might be quite different yeah. how they play it out. And it can be really beautiful. And I think, too, I'm going to use you two as a little example. Oh, this uh, could be <laughs> fun or problematic. Well. <laughs> yes. Look, I've had the joy of sitting in your kitchen on numerous occasions. Mm. Um, and I think one of the things I really respect about you, Em, is you have opinions and you can be headstrong in a very positive way. I, oh, um, I don't know if you can be headstrong. <laughs> well, yeah. No. If you're headstrong for Jesus, you can be headstrong in a positive way, yes. But not, not in a prideful way, yeah. not in a... Um, not in a argumentative sort of way, but I think you have convictions. That would have been yep. a better word to use. Yep. Um, however, you're Dave's helper um, yep. and you're called to submit to him. Yep. And I actually think you do it in a wonderful way and I think you do it in a beautiful way. But maybe can you give the ladies some practical ideas of how mm. that actually functions in your mm. marriage? So maybe I'm good. thinking... Two, I've got two questions. Mm. Firstly, and maybe from your perspective, Dave, mm-hmm. how is M a wonderful helper to you? Yeah. Oh, you want me to answer that one first? Yes, please. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. I would say Emma, she trebles my ministry, doesn't half it mm. in all of life. So, whether, And I mean by that ministry with the kids, uh, ministry with people in the church, uh, ministry globally. If, if Emma wasn't serving me in the way she does we would be in trouble a lot. Um, I think no one encourages me probably more than them. I think no one probably corrects me more than them in a good way. You know, some things that you're, you know, maybe you're talking out of turn or saying something like, yeah, hey, that's not the best. Emma will be the one that's faithfully saying, hey, do you think, what, what was that? Which is so good. Um, I think even on decisions, sometimes we're like, hey, I think we should go do this. 
Um, I think Emma's the quick one to, to be like, hey, I'm, I'm right behind you if that's what you feel God's calling us to do, but I think we should get some more counselling on that. Mm-hmm. You just think it's, 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 what, it's your dream ticket, somebody that's going to really help you. Um, I also think Emma's one of the most wisest, discerning people I know. Mm-hmm. So to have somebody that's like, hey, um, <laughs> I know I need to make a decision on this life for us, but I don't really know. What do you, what do you think? You know, I, I once got taught, and it helped me a ton. Leadership isn't having all the answers. It's just having initiative. Mm. It's having the, the bottle to go, we can't just stand here and do nothing. Mm. So I've got to move forward. What, what do you think? So Emma's my confidant, my encourager, my helper. And, and I love the fact that she's not, yeah, she's not um, wonderfully submissive, but she's strong. Mm. She's not. A, she's not afraid of me. Sometimes, sometimes I wish you, there would just be a small bit of fear of man <laughs> right. towards me. But there is none. There is zero. Um, fear and of I ask that me. question to highlight the fact. I think sometimes people put helper and weak in the same category, or helper and non-opinionated uh, in the same disaster. category. Yep. Yep. You're always a bit of a doormat. Like yes. Yep. Say, oh yes, dear. Like yeah. Stay everybody. home, bake cookies, and just yes, dear, whatever you want. You're like, mm. I would argue, if you're going to do that, you're going to be a poor helper to your husband. Mm. And I think conversely, M, I, I think it would be, you know, I've watched Dave lead you as well. And what are some ways that you're thankful to God for his leadership over you and your family? Um, yeah, that's a great question, Janelle. I've made some notes for you. <laughs> <laughs> Good, that would be helpful. <laughs> well, I didn't know the questions, but I actually haven't. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, look, I think there's many ways. I think I'm grateful that he is a servant leader, that, that he doesn't lord it over, mm. that um, he does value my opinion and and seek my input I think I'm grateful for his like his dependence on God his love for God's word I know he's seeking God's glory in all the decisions that he makes um I think what's the quote I'm grateful for the leadership Mm. um I think they would be the main things I think just his priority of God and his word and the way he I see him seeking to serve me and the family in it I think who's who's not going to want to follow a man like that not that I always do it well. <laughs> I tell you, the way you described me earlier was like a good day. I would Can I quote you with that sometimes? Who's not going to want to follow a man? <laughs> that was yeah. a great idea. Who's not going to want to follow a man? That's right. I couldn't describe myself on a bad day of what following doesn't look like very well. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like any area of, of life, God's grace is sufficient for us because and there is yeah. forgiveness when we stuff it up yeah. and when we don't do it we well. do we do we don't we we do um, mistakes are made and so i think what you described thank you for sharing is beautiful dave have you always been brought up believing this to be true uh, no no i would have been relatively clueless and i think in a broad brush way with, with like my, I think that's my, like the word of the podcast is broad brush. <laughs> that's <laughs> being a good helper. <laughs> I probably would have seen seen a lot sort of culturally growing up as kind of getting it in a, in a big picture. However, I grew up in a church that was that was effectively Pentecostal in the way it, it operated and functioned in quite a lot of ways, um, which I'm super grateful for. Very grateful for for my upbringing, but I, I, we would we would see a lot of ladies preaching. Um, ladies would often be the strong, stronger ones, often, in the way it functioned. So the first time I came into a Sovereign Grace Church, actually, and heard this preached, I didn't like it, like, at all. I mean, I was angry about it. And yeah, I remember going to my gospel community leader at the time in, mm. in Christchurch and saying, do you, do you agree with what Pete said there? And he said, to my horror, 
Absolutely. I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. And so I got given this really big book by John Piper, Recovering Biblical Man and Woman, and started reading that through. And what quickly became clear is although it hasn't kind of been my upbringing and kind of where I would naturally come from, nor my culture, it just feels so wrong. As soon as you open the Bible, it's like as clear as day. Um, so that really affected me. But but I did have to wrestle a number of things through first. It just didn't sit well. Probably because uh, in, in in reality, you do he- you hear it and you do think, oh, so there's a glass ceiling for ladies then? Mm. Sounds like there may be a bit inferior because I know a lot of real gifted ladies, so we're saying that they're not good enough to do it. There's a lot of foregone conclusions mm. that are made on the questions that actually aren't <laughs> are wrong answers. And when you start reading it from the Bible, you're like, oh, that's really different and that's actually a beautiful thing yes and but i hadn't understood that when i was younger and so i think that's where i want to go next there might be some ladies single or married that Mm -hmm. are listening to this podcast now and kind of Mm -hmm. there's a knot in their tummy and they're potentially having some ill feelings towards this topic Mm -hmm. what's some counsel in terms of how do i actually get to the bottom of what the bible says what how can i be getting my head around what complementarian is from mm. a biblical perspective rather than what culture says. Yeah. Look, I think I think reading it on this issue is really important. It isn't going to come without spending some time. Um, Claire Smith books, Carrie Sandon books, stuff that's good material, stuff that we have in our bookshop. Kevin you know, DeYoung has like. a good Kevin DeYoung has an excellent book on it. And I've read a few of the John Piper ones. John Piper's well. very good. Yeah, mm. I just think getting... You know, not just going, okay. I think one of my best pieces of counsel would be just try and empty your head a minute of culture mm. and read the Bible. Read read 1 Timothy 2. Spend some time. You, how are you reading this? What, what are you yeah. doing? And let the Holy Spirit do the work in your heart. That would be one piece of counsel. Second piece of counsel would be find, find marriages, singles, families that believe this mm. and look at their life is and I, it attractive and I similarly to you Dave I came from a church where a this was never talked about yeah. Um, yeah. and secondly it was not modeled well yeah. and I remember coming to to Sovereign Grace Church and I was like it's actually beautiful when yeah. you see it functioning it's it's actually lovely, um, yeah. and it and it honors God. It brings much glory. Well, it makes to the him. gospel attractive. It really it does. does make the gospel. The yeah, because yeah. we we were really affected by the states. It was when yeah. we went, when I went to pastors college. We were just married. Pretty clueless, really. I yeah. mean, not Very not clueless. pretty actually. <laughs> Completely clueless. And they were modeling this. And to start off with, it was a bit like, what the heck have we walked into? But the fruit was undeniable. Mm. You know the way these men. Were like it, there wasn't there wasn't a chauvinistic thing at all. They, they were just like, man, you are, you really love your wife, and really want to lay your life down to serve her. Mm. And you're sending her notes and stuff, and you're reading the Bible and sharing it. It was just, it was Ephesians five, mm. and then seeing the way the ladies like really just respected their husbands, yeah, um, and they weren't doormats or any any of the above. But just that honouring in speech, it, it was a very attractive. Mm. So the fruit was undeniable. And that, that did make it attractive for us both. We were only been married a few months. Yeah. And we're like, whatever they've got, what is that? And then you're getting taught from Ephesians 5 and you're like, this is totally mm. 
that and then it becomes real attractive you know because you're like how would you not want i can see now that it is god's best mm-hmm. and i can see the fruit and i can see the joy of kids growing up in that as well and you're like this is oh we've been ripped off by our culture we are ripped off and robbed into settling for something that is a cheap imitation um now i i think you know, I'm conscious of time, and we like to stick to a time limit. But um, <laughs> is, I, is it a time limit of anywhere between 20 and 40? <laughs> 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 okay. Not today. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. We're thinking of you, ladies. Um, I think two two people come to mind. I think I I feel for women who think, well, my husband doesn't lead. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. Um, and I guess I want to start off by saying, prayer is so important in this topic. Prayer for understanding. Prayer yeah. for people, prayer for our pastors, for mm. you as you teach on it, mm. um, you know, prayer for the men in our church, prayer mm. for the women in our church. Um, I think this is a, a topic that as the years go on, we're going to have to continue to pray more and more yeah. for in the culture in which we live. Yeah. But for a woman who finds herself in a marriage where the, the husband doesn't currently lead, what would be your counsel yeah. for her? Oh, look, I'd be really interested in what you think, Em. I, I just think it's a difficult one to answer because there's so many yes. <laughs> nuances that you'd want to be pastorally aware of to really give a good answer. But I think one thing I would say is pray for him mm. and gently lean on him. Don't wait, wait for him, basically. <laughs> so instead of like, okay, he's not leading, so I'm going to have to, lean on him. Mm. As in love. Now, assuming he's a Christian. Yes. Yeah. I'm you know, thinking so assuming a Christian is like, oh, I've been praying for us and oh, I want you to lead. Um, so I'm praying for you in this and what do you want me to do about this situation? And he says, I don't know. Well, could you let me know? Could you speak to somebody about it? Just lean on them mm. rather than going, well, I'm just getting on anyway. I'm going to carry on living as if I'm single or whatever. He's never going to change. Mm. He's never going to grow. What would you think, Doug? Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I actually had a, a really helpful illustration once. I think it's from Kara Mahaney, and she was talking about the whole premise of leaning on mm-hmm. a husband who um, didn't naturally lead. Uh, like I said, when you lean on something, either one of two things happen. They either stand up and take your weight or they collapse under well, the pressure. Well, yeah. <laughs> we're hoping yeah. for the first. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but when I say leaning, I'm like, uh, yeah, as David, asking questions. What do you think about this? If they don't know, could you find out and get back to me? But I think then we need to be careful from going leaning on, not into nagging. And yeah. I think if your husband just isn't responding to those um, requests and isn't standing up and, and leading, then as you said, I think it's take it to God then and prayer. Like, what is it? Is it the proverb that says it's better to live on a corner of a roof than <laughs> yeah. a wife with a nagging wife? I've repeated it about three times. Clearly, the guy writing yeah. proverbs is really aware so, of this. Yeah, so I think it is good to lean and yeah. to ask questions. Mm. Um, but I think then if your husband doesn't respond, we can't change our husband. So mm. um, I think, yeah, just praying that God would really mm. seek to change his heart in that, but also help you as a wife to continue to play your role. Like, we're called to play out our role as wives, whether our husbands play their role or not. So yeah. um, I think encouragement goes a long way as well. It, yeah. does, it does strike me that in Ephesians 5, you know, right at the start, it's caught talking about ladies being submissive to the husbands, which is so honouring. And then the very last verse, I think it's 30, 31, 32, is, again, he says, and see to it that you respect your husband. Yeah. I, I think many men would actually respond well to a wife that was saying, hey, darling, I, I love you and I respect you. I would love it if you led me. Mm. That ain't nagging. Yeah. That's saying I'm I'm all in.
to be led by you. Mm-hmm. I just think that's very enduring. I'm not guaranteeing that would work, but I think a wife that is dispositioning mm-hmm. positioning themselves like that is very, very yeah. alluring for a guy. It's very helpful. Whereas most guys actually, if, if you're in that situation, will often feel like I'm incapable. You tell me I'm incapable all the time. Mm, I'm yes. so discouraged. I'm totally put down. And you want me to lead? I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. And they're so... They don't think they got it in them. Yeah. yeah. So if anything, if you're a helper, try and help him see. I think you have got it in you, and yeah. I would love it if you did. Mm. And I think one thing to be careful as a woman as well is that um, when you talk about respect, that we're respecting the way we talk about husbands as well. Oh, so when time. you're with your yeah. girlfriends, look, I think it's fine to speak to a trusted, godly lady and just say, "Look, I'm really seeking to help my husband lead our family to lead me. You know, can you help me? Can you give me some ideas? Can you be yeah. praying for us?" But that's different to sit in in a, in a group context, complain about your husband who doesn't lead. I keep asking to, he's just not willing to, he won't do it. Like, I think that's disrespectful. Yeah. And obviously, you want to be careful that, yes, we're respecting our husbands to them, but we're also respecting our husbands to, to our friends and to people around us as well. So, yeah, yeah, I think that, that's, that's helpful. Right. Um, and I think the other group of ladies that I would like to um, talk about is... Um, the single ladies in the mm-hmm. church, yep. um, because I think um, it can be tempting to think, well, how does this actually apply to me? Um, yeah. But God's word is not based on, <laughs> am I single, am I not single? Yeah. Right. Um, so um, for our single ladies, how can they still value complementarianism as mm. important and um, yeah, show they value it in the way they relate to people and... Yeah. Um, function as part of the body of Christ. <clears throat> yeah, I think there's a few ways. I mean, you don't you don't become feminine when you get married. Mm. You're feminine before you get married. Um, I mean, was Paul not masculine having not got married? You know, it's like, mm. no, he's clearly, clearly a man. Uh, Jesus did just fine as a single, and he did it like a man. So I think I think there's a few things. I think one would be making sure you're treasuring and applauding and honouring complementarianism. Mm. So yeah. it isn't like girl power, and then I get married and now I change. It's like, oh, that's that's odd. You know, it needs to be consistent. So just a modelling, I think, which would be huge among single ladies, that valuing of men um, and that honouring of, of those that you see in your in your church that you're like, oh, I'd love to be like them. I think you can encourage the, encourage people, which I think would be great. I think so much of, of masculinity and femininity at root level is just massively pursuing godliness. Yes. Mm. And functioning in a way that in a so in a broad brush, if that's your key word for this podcast, you know, for, for <laughs> well, men in a broad in a, in, for men in a broad brush way, even as a single, it's that sense of leadership and initiative. Let's go. How are, how are you? What are you doing? Don't just bury your head in things. And for ladies in a broad brush way, that desire. I want to help people. I want to serve people. I want to come alongside. I think that's beautiful. And I think as ladies, when we do that, we're modelling Christ. Christ yeah. came oh, to serve, we see not Jesus. to be served. Um, yeah, totally. Following Jesus. Yeah. yeah, and we have a perfect example in our Saviour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly right. So I do think when you're, when you're talking about the single years, we do have to be really careful of, oh, therefore it looks like this. Mm. Like, well, not necessarily. So even in what I just said in terms of, you know, ladies... Um, having that decision to serve and be kind. You can say the same for a guy. So yeah. does that mean, oh, she can't be a leader? No, no, she definitely can. But do it in a godly way. You know, it, it's just being aware that as you go out the con- as you go out the circles, things do change. We have to be very careful, but very, um, very tight application on something that, oh, I think you can be feminine in several different ways, mm. actually. But often you see it best when you just think, just think godliness. Yes. Think Jesus. Yeah. And then be a lady, and you'll go just fine. (laughs) 
Well, thank you very much for joining You're us um, tonight, Great. Dave. I think this is a topic that we could, you know, talk for oh my gosh, yeah, quite a yeah. lot longer on. Um, but in closing, uh, is there anything that you would like to leave us with? Mm. I would just love for the ladies in Sovereign Grace, Churches Australia, so Wurunga and Parramatta, just own this role. Mm. Swim, swim hard against the tide because I think the, I think the tide is robbing people, and I have a horrible feeling that it won't just affect this generation. But if we don't keep running through this wall, I dread to think where our grandkids will be at in this process. And yet, and yet, there's something really beautiful about this. So I just want to encourage you to run hard into this stuff, grapple with the Bible, own your role, do it aggressively, and uh, love the Lord as ladies. Well, thank you, Dave. Um, and ladies, I hope you were encouraged talking about this topic tonight. Um, I hope that you're encouraged too. If it's something that you're not familiar with or haven't thought through it biblically mm. before, that you're encouraged to start thinking about it um, biblically and opening your Bibles. And anything we've said tonight, test it against Scripture. Uh, yeah. Look at Scripture. And if you do have questions, chat to Em. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was good. Did you like that? I love yeah, that. Thank you. Talk um, to your GC leaders. <laughs> Now, oh, Dave. Yes. Well, why, why do that? When we speak to you? Yeah, but thank two votes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but um, yeah, thank you, ladies. And we look forward to journeying with you um, with our next podcast.